You're listening to the Athletic Motion Golf Podcast. I'm Mike Renato, and I'm here with my good buddy and co-founder in AMG, Sean Webb. We have one goal with this podcast, to help you improve your game. We're going to do that by showing you what the best players in the world do, and then show you how to incorporate those same moves into your own swing. And we're going to do it all in 15 minutes or less. Today's episode is brought to you by Live View Golf. We use the Live View Pro every day in lessons because it gives our golfers the necessary feedback for improvement. The Live View Pro is like having a swing studio in your pocket. It's a tool we recommend to anyone serious about improving their swing. Check it out at liveviewsports.com backslash AMG to get $40 off at checkout. All right, Sean, we got 15 minutes back on the clock watch. Clock watch, my word. Close enough. Stopwatch, clock, you get the idea. All right. Yep. So, uh, something that we have to do all the time, or that should be done all the time, is you know when you work with a golfer for a little while, or even for the first time for that matter, you have to one help them. Right. That's kind of the given why they come in. Then two, you've got to one of the things that we see that will derail golfers from improving a lot is their expectations of what should happen from either a one lesson scenario or they're out there playing and they're playing well. Like where this happens to juniors all the time, right? Or, or just yeah. just anybody who plays in tournaments all the time, you know, it's managing your expectations, not only what you can expect from the work that you put into improving your swing, but also what you should expect when you're out there playing the game. And, you know, we've been able to, with like shot link data and the tour collects an enormous amount of data and has for a number of years now, we know what the best players in the world are doing. Yet we will see a 12 handicapper get very upset if he's not hitting it inside what the best players in the world do from 100 yards. As if yeah. they're like, that's like, it's just... How can I be so bad? How can I not knock it stiff from 100 yards when, um, you know, I'm looking at Jason Day here and he doesn't knock it inside of 10 feet from 100 yards. He's pretty good. So Yeah, it, it, it's um, the expectation levels. I mean, I have to do it to people all the time in lessons. Like, well, what do you think a good shot is from 200 yards out? <laughs> the green? I don't know, 15 <laughs> feet? I'm like, 15 feet. <laughs> It's like if you hit it somewhere on the green or even near the green where you're chipping, that's a good shot. You're going to be gaining strokes on the field if you hit the green from 200 yards. What is it from? You got the shot link in front of you there. What is it from 200 yards? Uh, Tour average got to be 40 something feet, isn't it? Let me look. I do have it in front of me. But, you know, that's, you're exactly right. It's like we get kind of desynthesized when we're watching these great players on TV because on TV, they're only showing you the guys playing well. Like if you just tune in on Sunday, you just had your Sunday lunch or whatever. And you're just, you know, watching turn into see final round. Like you're not seeing the guys struggling. You're seeing the guys playing their best, playing the best in the world, playing their best. So here's a guy with Alex Noren. He's number 10. He's got, Sepstraka has got 62 attempts. Like some of these guys got such f- so fewer rounds, it's kind of skewed because of, we're just not that deep into the season. 
but let's say over 50 attempts, you're looking at just in the top 25 players in the world, you're looking at over 40 feet. From 200? From the best in the world. Exactly. That's about what I thought it would be. Yeah. So, I mean, I'll get on the the golf course with some of my juniors or even uh, out of the hitting bay with, you know, with an amateur, 10 handicap. You know, let's say he's got a a hybrid in his hand and he, you know, he pulls it, I don't know, 20 feet left of the pole. I've got a pole out there. Mike knows where it is. <clears throat> There's a pole out there, dead center. He pulls it 20. Oh, I pulled that one. I was like, you hit that ball 200 yards within 20 feet of that pole on left to right. I was like, that's considered a really good shot. I was like, this is not, and I, I took this from Scott Fawcett. I mean, he's like, he's pretty, he's dead on. It's not like you're shooting a sniper rifle. You're kind of shooting a shotgun out there. As long as your spread is within reason, you're not hitting many foul balls, that's golf. And, and the purpose of the lesson is to reduce the foul balls, right? So you have more balls kind of in play. I mean, you're never going to get to the point where you hit the ball right at the flag every time. And the 10 handicapper seems like they think they should do it more than anybody else. It's really bizarre. It's, you know, we've done this a number of times. We have a, we have a hole in Cartersville. It's right at 200 yards, par three. So ball in hand on a tee. Uh-huh. And if you hit that green, you are, if you're an amateur, you are gaining strokes on the field. But guys will, like, be disgusted if they're not on the right putting tier. And those tiers are small. Like, it, it's not, like you said, it's a shotgun. And when you God, start to go, the longer life. the club goes, and you're right about Fawcett, we've got, I think his deal is basically 60 yards from around a 300-yard distance. Yeah, 60-yard dispersion. So our our range is exactly 60 yards wide, the, the tee box. So typically we'll be doing lessons on the back end of the range, so we're kind of pumping it back uphill. So you can be in the middle of the range on your side and with a 60-yard dispersion looking at the ne- the tee box across the, the range. And I can't tell you how many lessons, again, with handicapped golfers, and okay, we're, we're shooting at this target and we're like, you know, aiming at a flag, something in the middle of the green, and will be so disgusted with themselves and so dejected and think that what they're doing isn't working because their ball went off of what they saw was straight, but still well within that 60-yard dispersion. Again, Best players in the world, sixty yards wide. Like you, you're, we we call them shot bubbles. You, everyone has a bubble, right? So if you go hit ten shots, let's say you go hit ten eight irons. I do this with our elite golfers all the time. You go hit ten eight irons. All right, you may have one that's finishes, let's say, fifteen steps to the right. One that finishes twelve steps to the left. Okay, your your bubble left to right is twenty five steps, right? And then they may have one from 150 yards that finishes 11 yards short and maybe one that finishes nine yards long. So now your bubble is 20 yards. You basically have about a 22 by 22 bubble that you should be playing golf with. You move that bubble around the green because you're likely to do anything inside of that big 22-yard circle. Uh-huh. All right? You don't just aim the middle of that circle over a flag because most golf courses you go to, if you miss it 12 yards left or right of a flag stick, you're not going to like where the ball ends up. Nope. So you have to put that bubble safely on the green. Now, what most golfers fail to realize is that long to short bubble. Yeah, that's a, there's a whole other 
uh, area to look at, short and long. We have uh, we have all of our elite guys do the uh, the stats app, and when when they'll send us around, you're looking at it and you're like, okay, you can they, they got like just a green there, and then they've got long middle, long left. You know, like rarely do you see a ball that's ever long. You see a few of them that are pinned high left or right, but you see about ninety percent of them that are that are tucked in that short middle, short left, or short right. So. If, if a guy will play, say my eight iron goes 150, and he's 150 to a front pin. He's, Water short. He's hitting his eight iron, and his miss, his bubble is likely to fall as much as 11 yards short because that's just a skill level golfer he is. So most of the time, he's bringing that water into play, even if he hits his eight iron well, just because of skill level. He'd be like, that's my eight iron shot. I don't know what yeah. happened. Must have got winded. Oh. You don't hit the eight iron dead in the middle of the center of the club face every time. Nobody does. Right. So you got to play for the for that miss. It is. It makes a great point. It's like you got to move your bubble around. You don't just play to stripe every single ball. That that becomes when you turn into just you turn into a golfer at that point. You're not just you're not just um, beating balls on the range and then trying to take that to the golf course. You have some strategy when you go out to the golf course so you can score better. You're not just playing golf swing. You're trying to score at that point. And that's a whole different um, aspect that I think a lot of people don't even know how to do yet. So in, in Elite, right, which is a 12-month program, and we can really dive into both the, the skill of the swing, right, improving your golf swing, and then also the scoring skills. The two are not the same. No. Uh, tell guys all they the time, not. I could take Adam Scott and line him up where you're trying to hit this shot, and he would not swing like Adam Scott to make the ball go there. Right, so you got to have the skills for both. Um, been doing this for a couple of weeks with one of the guys, and he started off with a twenty-five yard eight iron shot bubble. Just being aware of that, ten days later, he shrunk it down to seventeen. So if you can, if you can also, that's basically aiming at the middle of every green now to being able to start to aim towards some flags. And if you can go around the golf course with that mindset, your balls don't get in trouble very often. Right now, if you got 150 up front and that's my normal eight iron, I'm taking a seven iron because I know I'm just as likely to hit this on the button and miss it a groove. So now it falls short next to the flag rather than fall short in the water and I'm dropping. And yeah, that makes a good point. So you, you start to really understand your tendencies as a golfer and then you start to manage your, your expectations based on what you're likely to do. We all want to think we're Tiger Woods with a four iron and take dead aim at it. But we're all likely, more likely in most cases, to miss the green, in some cases badly, with a four iron than we are to take dead aim at it. So once you understand that and you start understanding, okay, if I'm going to score my best, I'm out here playing for score, I've got to move my bubble around smart. I might not be aiming at the green with a four iron in some cases. If, the, if there's exactly. water all down the left side, I'm aiming at the left slice of the green. Yeah. You're going to hit a few balls into the bunker over there, yep. but you're not going to hit it into the water. So right. you have to take the lesser two evils. And then if that, you know, you're talking about uh, Tiger hitting the forearm. He's probably not even aiming dead at the flag if it's tucked behind the water. He, he knows. Now, let's say on a hole you see one of these elite golfers in the world, best players in the world, hit up like a three wood to a tuck pin over water, they probably pushed it 
they, they probably weren't even <laughs> aiming at that flag, which is a cool thing about playing with your shot bubble, right? I mean, if you aim left side of the green and the pin's tucked right over water and you, sh- you block one, hey, you, you played it correctly. You blocked it over there near the pins. You're going to do that sometimes. I did. It's funny you used to talk about that because you've you played Pebble Beach a number of times. Yeah. And uh, I walked a couple years back. I walked with one of our pros, um, and I had the uh, the uh, card that that Scott gives out. Scott Fawcett gives out for his um, for his players. You know, kind of like the card you can put in your yardage book, and it's kind of like yeah, okay, if you're this good. far like out, you thing. need to aim like whatever. Mm-hmm. So I was like, you know, and, and and this guy was working on these things in his. Like he was not when we weren't working on mechanics, we were actually working on just kind of sharpening them up the scoring skills. Where to aim? Where to aim? Right. So yeah. I was like, so here's what we'll do: is like, you tell me where you're aiming, and that's it. I won't say anything else. I just want to see where you're aiming, versus where we could probably pick up some strategical points from. Mm-hmm. And this guy wasn't a rookie, so he'd been out there for a few years. It's like, all right, where'd you aim there? He said, I was aiming. I was trying to hit that one seven paces left of the flag. Looked down the card, seven. So it was literally every – he was never more than one pace off of the ideal spot. Now, yeah. not every ball went there. Hardly. Which is the point. They won't. They won't, he, yeah. Aiming seven, seven paces left, and he hits it next to the hole. He's like, I pushed that one. Right? But That's he's gone. likely to push one. <laughs> Mm-hmm. When you're 200 yards out. It's in your bubble. Yes, it's in your bubble. So the great players do that so much of that instinctively or just through experience, right? Like David doesn't need a car to know where to aim. No. Right? Tiger doesn't need a car to know where to aim. But if you, no, it's if, just experience. If, if you're a club golfer or you're a college golfer and you're really trying to hone these scoring skills that these guys have developed over the years, you do need to know where to aim. But you need to know where to aim based on your own tendencies. Like mm-hmm. you have your shot to, shape. Yes, you have to play golf with the swing you have, and that entails what you're likely to do, not what you want to do. We all want to hit it straight, but you have to play with what you're likely to do to actually score your best. And yeah, you know, it's not always fun. It's not always sexy. It's like you know, it, nobody. The games that we play around here, the money games that we play around here, we're not. Nobody gets paid for the smartest shot on the whole, right? If you get paid if you make birdie, you, you can make 10 doubles and 10 birdies and you're going to make a lot of money. Mm-hmm. But if you make 10 pars, you're not going to make any money. So fewer and fewer people are practicing that skill until they go enter a tournament and they're like, oh, my game just doesn't travel. Well, there's a reason for that. Yeah. Right? You know, you're not playing your home course and you these things come into play when you're actually trying to post a number. And if you can learn to manage, you will actually you will start managing what you do out on the course based on where you're likely to hit it. And for some people, it's just a hard pill to swallow. Right? I'm just as likely to miss this 25 yards right as I am to pull it mm-hmm. right off the team. Atti- yeah, my attitude got so much better when I started thinking about the game like that. It's because if I didn't hit a perfect shot, I'm like, was it in my bubble? That was a good shot. Right. It's like what I'm. The, that's just that's just how good I am. I can't I can't get mad that I'm not better. <laughs> I go it's practice like, to get in better. My shot bubble. Yeah. Or if I if I'm on a 200 yard shot and I'm on the green, I'm 40 feet away. I'm like, that's a good shot. Even a tour player, that's a good shot. Yeah. And it's and at first it's I don't think about that. Like that wasn't a real good shot. Well, yeah, it was. 
it really was. If you look at the averages of the best players in the world, if you're on the green from 200, that was a great shot. If you think about shots you hit a year ago, what are you thinking about? Either the really bad ones or the really good ones. Really good ones, yep. And the, golf is played with all those shots you ain't you don't in remember. Between. It's all those in-between shots. Yep, hit it to 40 feet and two putt, and you probably gained a half a stroke on the field in an amateur tournament. Six months from now, you'll never remember you hit that shot, right? No. Nope. No, sir. All right, so start paying attention when you're out there warming up for a round. Start paying attention to your tendencies that day. Don't try to correct the ball that's moving 10 yards to the right. Spend your whole warm-up trying to change your swing, and then you get on the course, you don't know where it's going to go. Pay attention to your tendencies and start to play for score with what you're likely to do, and you'll see your scores drop. Then you can still work on improving your bubble. Right? Yeah, that's the whole that's point. That's all you're trying to do. Proving Keep shrinking bubble, that bubble and then play That's what with the golf bubble. lessons are all about. That's what club fitting is all about, just shrinking the shot bubble. There's no such thing as going out there and just hitting it dead straight every day. Yep. All right. This podcast is about shrinkage. All right. <laughs> exactly. All right. What do we need to cover before we head out? I think that's it. If you haven't already, please go over to iTunes and click subscribe. Leave us a five-star review and also a written review. If you do that, it helps more golfers find the podcast. We're trying to help as many of you guys as we can. Thank you.